Welcome to Fusion Fantasy Football. All right, welcome guys. It's Saturday night. We're getting ready for football tomorrow. Gonna try a little bit of an experiment here, getting something out to you guys, and I'm gonna be doing going for two here. I'm gonna go through the games and give you two players that I'm confident in starting that are not top ten wide receiver running backs. So these are these are your wide receiver twos, your running back twos, your tight end, your flex. All right going to go through and these are more of a confidence play kind of thing and uh, it's not really a deep start uh, I do have signing the waiver week three out uh, it will be coming out on clockdodgers.com that's on its way and I'm going to look over some of the names I give there which are a little bit more kind of free agent streamers and I'll talk through them. I've got about five or six names here, and then we'll go through the games. There's a little bit of overlap, but I'll go through those first. Uh, I have essentially deep starts, which are 30% or less owned in most Yahoo ESPN leagues. I added this year duh starts, which was because last year I just had too many times there were players that it just seemed like I was trying to pad my stats, you know, and so uh, this year, I just went ahead and added the dust arts as, yeah, I know these are kind of obvious, but I'm going to say it anyway. And then I have the deep starts, and then I also added dumb starts, which so far have been um, the best hitting ones yet. Kenneth Dixon, week one. Uh, last week, I think I had, I don't remember, but I have some pretty good options there for you. Uh, because I'm trying to get this out to you guys late, I'm also trying a bit of a different uh, setup, a different format, so I can just go through it, minimal editing. I'm just going to finish this thing and get it right out to you. So uh, here we go with that. Mohamed Sanu, dust art. He is the OG dust art. I made the dust arts for Mohamed Sanu. He is, well, he was last year when I was using him all the time and got ashamed of listing him every time. He's always underneath. Uh, his ownership is always too low. Especially sometimes, I think this year, the Calvin Ridley hype has pushed against that a little bit. He's still owned in 55% of ESPN, but only 15 in Yahoo. Very large disparity in ownership. Sometimes I see this. I don't know what causes it. I guess it's analysts and articles on each platform influencing things. I'm... I'm not sure, but uh, he's a forgotten wide receiver two on a good offense playing a defense that has been giving up points and also is going to be scoring, forcing his own team, Atlanta, to also have to score because this is Atlanta at, uh, no, it's New Orleans at Atlanta. So then we have Cole Beasley. He's essentially Dallas's wide receiver one. When you think about wide receiver one being most targets on a team, yeah, it's Cole Beasley for now. Less than 20% owned anywhere. He's there. If you just need 10 points, uh, what's he going to give you? Five receptions for 30 yards? Eight points maybe? I don't know. I think there's a lot of high upside there. Uh, then I have my deep starts. Albert Wilson, a wide receiver for Miami, playing Oakland. Oakland gives up a lot of these short passes in the area that Wilson likes to work. 
and the Miami offense looks like they're falling back into their old habits of dumping off like they used to with Landry. Not saying he's going to be Landry, but he can be 75% of Landry. Amendola is still there, but I think they can work alongside each other. And Ambulance Adola, of course, can leave the field at any time. Then I have Dante Pettis, wide receiver for San Francisco at Kansas City. My analysis on this is they are playing the Chiefs. I know he disappointed last week, and Goodwin was out. He was in a larger role. But the game script was against them. They got up in that that game. It was a similar thing for George Kittle, who disappointed a lot of people, myself included, last week. The game script kind of worked against them. They got up against a bad team and really had no pressure to have to try and score more. Uh, I think with Goodwin back, that really helps Kittle. But um, I think that'll be good for Pettis, too. Then I have Ryan Grant for the Colts. Uh, they are at Philadelphia. This guy is owned nowhere pretty much, but Jack Doyle is out. And the Eagles are giving up a surprisingly large amount of uh, receiving receptions and yards to teams' second wide receivers. And that secondary, you know, Jalen Mills, it's not impenetrable. Finally, my dumb start of the week. A little bit of a flashback to my reasoning week one when I picked Kenneth Dixon because I thought he'd have a great second half when the Baltimore Ravens were going to blow out the Buffalo Bills. Same thing here. I think the Minnesota Vikings are going to blow out the Buffalo Bills at home. Uh, Dalvin Cook is out in this game. So instead of it being Latavius Murray that I'd be touting here, I think... I don't. Why would you be running out your only, your main backup, who's not that great of a pass catcher, not that an all-around back to begin with, and why would you run him out there when he's your only backup now because Dalvin Cook is hurt? If they get as much of a lead in this game as I think they will, expect Mike Boone to be out there. Sounds like he's going to be active. If for some reason he is not active and it's Rock Thomas instead. I I put him and his name in parentheses. Just pivot to Rock Thomas. Same idea. If both Mike Boone and Rock Thomas are both active, I still think it's going to be Mike Boone because he is more of the run it up the middle, run out the clock back than Rock Thomas, who's more of a receiving back. So that's it for my signing the waiver review. Now let's get into these games. We had, uh, of course, Thursday night, the game, uh, Jets and Browns. Browns had their first big win. I kind of was calling that Tyrod could get pulled for this game. I did not anticipate concussion. Was thinking that Baker would come in. Uh, Unfortunately, I was saying start the Jets if you don't have any other good options. And that was looking great until Baker Mayfield came in. I guess I really didn't connect my two predictions there, thinking that... uh, if he came in, that would be bad for the Jets, um, but it was. I really don't know what happened with the blocked kick. We're still waiting for those points, ESPN. Come on. All right. 
New Orleans Saints at the Falcons. I already mentioned Sanu. I will go ahead and list him here as one of the names. Next is Tevin Coleman. Great start. Not a top 10 back technically, but I think he could have a top 10 finish this week. Next, San Francisco at Kansas City. As I mentioned before, I'm going with Kittle, especially if Goodwin is back in there. And on the other side, I think Sammy Watkins is up for another big game. I'm thinking he's going to get his first touchdown. I think teams will continue to stress stopping Tyreek Hill. And that'll start meaning it opens up for Kelsey and Watkins like we saw last week. Um, Don't overreact to week one. That's That's the lesson to be learned there across the board every year. Oakland Raiders at Miami Dolphins. Albert Wilson already listed. And I think Amari Cooper, you've got to ride with him until, at least as a flex, until he doesn't do it again. Obviously, week one, one reception. It's a good good defense, though. And then week two, 10 for 10. Uh, as long as that's working, I don't see why Derek Carr won't go back to it. Over 70% completion rate. I mean... Until I see it stopping, I'm starting him. Um, If he keeps going up and down, even after showing uh, what that that kind of usage does for the team as a whole, then then you can start kind of really worrying, and it's more of a same situation as last year, and you can't trust him. But for now, I'm going to have to stick with him. I'm going to have to think that... Derek Carr and Gruden have a few brain cells between the two of them to realize they need to keep throwing it to Cooper. Again, we talked about Bills at the Vikings, um, but basic starts here would be Rudolph and Clay, the two tight ends on both sides. Clay's had a quite first two weeks, but he's involved. Josh Allen, of course, is a rookie quarterback no I'm not citing the rookie quarterback to tight end fallacy it is a fallacy look it up Um, I just think the Vikings are giving up some points to tight ends and it's gonna be about all he has to throw to next we have the Colts at Eagles and Doyle as I said is out so I did bring up Ryan Grant Uh, some someone I didn't bring up in signing the waiver but was a possible kind of dumb start would be Eric Swoop, the other tight end for the Colts. He was brought up off the practice squad. There's always been a lot of truth or hope for this guy. Interesting. Uh, you, you could maybe conceivably see him taking over the Doyle high-volume work um, if you don't believe that Ebron can do that and he will continue just to be a big play touchdown option. The obvious starts here for me are Core Clement, and Hilton, uh, T.Y. Hilton, if he's too chalky for you, obviously I brought up Ebron too. Green Bay at Packers, uh, Green Bay at Packers. No, they are the Packers, and they are at Washington Redskins. Chris Thompson, wait, you can't use him. He's a top 10 running back. I can use Geronimo Allison, though. I think he'll have another good game. He is going to be this year's Mohamed Sanu. Basically, I think he's going to get you points every week. He doesn't have to be a touchdown. He just needs three for 60, four for 70 to get you that 
around that 10, 11 points. And on also, I'm going to go with Jimmy Graham as a solid start. Uh, the Redskins defense has been solid, but we've also seen what the Packers have done against good defenses like the Bears, at least statistically, lots of numbers and points. So it's uh, hard to think the Redskins are actually going to stop him, and it's hard to trust anyone on the Washington Redskins side other than Chris Thompson. Cincinnati Bengals at Panthers. Ian Thomas is trying to fill in for Greg Olson. It would be nice if he could step up because the Bengals are giving up tight ends, uh, touchdowns to tight ends, but I'm not ready to trust him. Funches is a fantastic option, and I'm going to ride with Tyler Boyd until until he stops getting this volume uh, because A.J. Green is playing well. That's going to continually open up things for someone. It's been players like LaFell who we didn't have faith in their talent in the past, and now if Boyd can step up, he'll really be able to produce in that position. Next, we have the Titans at Jaguars. Um, Tennessee gives up lots of points to wide receivers, so I'm going to ride with Keelan Cole as, I mean, practically wide receiver one here. Some of the others, Moncrief and Westbrook, would be perfectly fine flex options, deep start kind of options. And then I'm also going to go with Leonard Fournette if he's active, just running out the clock here. If he's out, go with Corey Grant. Denver Broncos at Baltimore Ravens. Um, the Denver Broncos are giving up work and points to tight ends, but it's hard to pick one on the Ravens' side. I would go with Mark Andrews. He's been good. He's been getting better, but he's had this mystery soft injury issue, uh, injury for a couple days now, and I'm not even sure he's going to be active, so I can't really go with him. Then I was going to go with uh, Philip Lindsay, but guess what? He's the 12th highest scoring running back, so can't go that. Uh, that leaves me with and same problem. Sanders is also top 12. I'm going to have to go with Demaris Thomas and Buck Allen. I think this will be a bit of a close game, and Buck Allen stays in there for the short passes and so on. Next, we got New York Giants at Texans. Um, some wide receiver named Odell Beckham Jr. He's well outside the top 12. <laughs> All right, if that's too chalky for you, you can go with Evan Ingram. And then on the other side, I have Lamar Miller. I don't think he's going to be great. People are looking at him and be like, see, he's a fake bell cow and all this. He's not. He's never really been a bell cow. I just see him getting work. He's going to get your points. It's not going to be a big breakout. Every once in a while, he will get some touchdowns, and that'll be great. In the meantime, he's just getting volume. In the 4 o'clock games, we have Los Angeles at Los Angeles. Chargers, Rams. And I'm going to go with Keenan and Cup. A little bit chalky here. They're both in the wide receiver 2 range, though. And that's what I'm trying to talk about here. Twos. Because uh, we are going for two. Did you get we're going for twos? Did you get that? Twos going for two. Two from each. Yeah, a lot of twos. Chicago Bears at Cardinals. Uh, the Bears are giving up a lot of yards to wide receivers. When I looked this up and I was like, but that doesn't make sense. And then I realized they played Green Bay week one. 
like we talked about with the Redskins. Defenses don't scare me against the Packers. So I'm going to go in this game with two Bears. I'm going to go with Jordan Howard as a solid running back start and Trey Burton. Next we have Dallas Cowboys at Seahawks. Um, I already mentioned Beasley. I'm going to stick with him here as one of my two. And the next one I'm going to go with is Tyler Lockett. Sunday night we have the Patriots at the Lions. I think this is Sony Michelle's break a break. Bleh, terrible. I just ruined Sony Michelle's breakout announcement. Oh man. Sony Michelle breakout game. This is it. Uh you saw him being used productively. And a lot of the times, look, if you were watching the game, they they said James White doing whatever many times. Several of those times it was actually Sonny Michelle. So if you wondered why James White looked so good running the ball suddenly, it's because that wasn't James White that was actually Sonny Michelle. Um, hopefully the broadcasters will figure out what his number is this 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 week. But in the meantime, I think the Patriots are going to have a lead. It may not be a large lead, but it's going to be a lead, and they're going to still have to push it at the same time. This is the Dion Lewis role, run it up the middle, get some short passes, lots of volume, I think, for Sonny Michelle. And then I think Chris Hogan has a good game, a little bit in uh, how Quincy Nuno was taking advantage of that defense in week one. The team, the, the players I could have picked on the Lions side are all too obvious, so that's why I couldn't go with them, and I wasn't quite ready to commit to carry on. Finally, we have Steelers at Bucks Monday night. Uh, Jesse James is still another great start here. Um, he's got like the second, third most points among tight ends with those big games. And this is another good matchup for him. So I guess stream him until he doesn't work. There's some names I would still hold on to and start over him. I'm not going to drop Kittle to pick up James and start him. If I had room for both, maybe I'd start James, but that's right about the line I'm thinking. Um, and then Chris Godwin is going to be productive wide receiver two in this game. I think we have another high-scoring game. Should be a fantastic Monday night. All right, that's uh, that's about it, guys. Uh, how did, how'd I do? No editing. We'll see. Have a good one, guys. FusionFFB.com, guys. Check it out. Have a good night.